As runners, we all challenge ourselves in ways we never thought possible, pushing the boundaries of what we're capable of to smash through targets and set ourselves new bigger and better ones. This awesome hobby that we share gives us one thing in common and it brings us together as a community. Whether you're working towards completing your first park run or you're a veteran of the sport who's run 100 ultra marathons, we all know the feeling of reaching that maxed out effort and our own red line. Welcome to our podcast where your hosts Brett Ellsmore and Andy Maguire discuss the struggles, the successes and everything in between on our running journeys as we all work towards the next time we're running the red line. Welcome everybody to episode six of Running the Red Line. Um, we are back once again on Friday night, ready for this to come out on a Saturday, fingers crossed. Um, I'm Brett and I am here with my co-host Andy. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. I've, I'd like to introduce my other co-host, my uh, massive spot on the head. <laughs> <laughs> Brought me mate with me. You may have noticed that I've been wearing a hat pretty much every uh, episode so far. And the first week was because of that exact reason. I didn't oh, want really? uh, didn't want to have my third uh, like eye in the middle of my head showing. <laughs> well, it's a it's a killer, isn't it, when you've got a massive one of these bad boys? But oh well, teenage spots anyway. So uh, yeah, how are you doing? You all good? Yeah, not too bad. I actually um, am a bit happier today because I went to the doctors today about my um, my hip and my glute and everything because uh, some people um, scared me a little bit saying that where the pain had gone to, uh, they'd have had in the past and it had turned out to be a stress fracture uh, in their pelvis or in their sacrum or something like that. So I wanted to go and check it out. Um, and make sure it was all okay. So managed to get in with the doctors today, went to see a, um, a muscular and skeletal specialist, apparently. Um, and she basically prodded around and pushed into different places and made me move into different positions and asked whether it hurt or not. And she came to the conclusion that it's not bone related, um, but it is a uh what did she say it is nerve irritation so oh. it's very similar to what i had on the right hand side when i was injured in november um but it's not my piriformis causing it this time it's just all of the glutes and everything around the left hand side and around my hip causing nerve irrita irritation and that's why i'm getting pain while i'm running so yeah so now you know yeah, so it's it's good in ways because I now know it's definitely, well, I don't know it's definitely not bone, but she was pretty certain it wasn't bone related. So um, I've just got to uh, now basically train through it. She's going to send me some exercises to work on, but she said it will go. But when? I'm not sure. We'll see. Oh, no. Nerve. But, I, I, I can imagine nerve damage or was it was it was that her words nerve damage no, nerve, nerve irritation. irritation yes yeah, so basically must, yeah. every time i take a step on that leg it's just sending 
pain all around my hip and on my lower back. And it, on Thursday, it was like taking my breath away every time I took a step when we were running easier. But it's really yeah. strange because when I'm running easy or walking, it it's quite painful. As soon as you pick yeah. up the pace, it gets less painful. So it's interesting. Weird. Yeah. So is it like is it like every time you take a step, it's like an electric shock in your hip or something like that? Sort yes, of thing? a little bit like that. All all through my hip and through my lower back. But yeah, oh, it, it is what it is. But, so you've um, been doing. I was going to say you've been doing like. 5k 3k pace every run this week have you then it's the, it's the only it's the only pace you can run i did say that i just have to run at pace constantly whatever yeah. i'm doing um but um i, I did think it wasn't bone related because I, I mentioned it to her as well that i've been doing ice baths and the fact that i'm limping to the ice bath getting the ice bath for five minutes and then when i get out i'm walking like there's no pain or no injury at all that yeah. can't be bone related because the bone would still hurt no matter whether it's been cold or not, but the muscle will start to recover and, and respond to the cold. So yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed it is just muscle and nerve related and yeah, I can run through it and carry on my training. Oh, good. So where are you at the moment? Then you're up. We, we sort of started the same sort of week. So are you in about yeah. week six? Week six I'm on now. Yeah. Yeah. How's it? Yes. How's How's like progress looking? Have you got? You Do you know, know what? You... I am quite pleased with where I am at the moment. I have slowly been building up the mileage each week, and I'm on track this week to have my biggest mileage week of the block so far. Uh, I've decided I'm going to have a bit of an easier week next week, seeing as the end of next week is um, nationals cross country. So I'm going to have an easier week as a bit of a taper to that race. But this yep. week I'm on, I'm on track to hit about 65 mile this week. Um, so nice. I've gradually gone up about five mile each week. Um, so I'm really happy. And we've had some really hard training sessions this week, actually. Tuesday. Oh, man, that was a training session and a half, to be honest. Just um, just, just hill, hilly or fast? No, or kind of both, it, or... fast. Um, it yeah. was, yeah, I, I pushed myself more than I've pushed myself for a long time on Tuesday. Did you did you wear the right shoes for this session? You didn't I wear did. your recovery shoes. I I didn't. No, um, I wore the right shoes because it was rain. Well, it had been raining, and I knew it was going to rain during the session. Um, so I put on my Takumi Sen Eight, um, oh. which have almost five hundred mile in them. I think they've got four hundred ninety five mile in them now, and I thought I'll wear those because they're still they've still got life in them. Um, and I know they'll be all right for a proper session. And man, if if you ever want to feel good about your running, put some Takumi Zens on. Man, they felt I, great. I think that little tip of you giving me get some Takumi Senates might have been one of your best ever suggestions to me. <laughs> because those those babies are they're so I can't explain them really to if anyone's never worn them before, they're I wouldn't say they're very comfortable. No, but that's not no, what they're, they're not that's not what they're built they're for, not, is it? No, no. Um, so that I do sometimes get a little bit of an arch, um, I wouldn't really call it pain, but a little bit of irritation there sometimes. Okay. Uh around the arch. But apart from that, I just find them I actually think they're faster than my vapor flies. Like that they feel I mean, my vapor flies might have 
maybe 100 more K in them. But I just feel, yeah, like you say, I just feel better in them. I really yeah. like them. And they're, or, they're just or, so light. It, well, it, yeah, they're, they're for the shorter distances all the way up to half marathon. I think they're the perfect shoe. Um, yes, they haven't got carbon rods in them. They have uh, glass fiber rods rather than carbon. But just the way they respond um, is just amazing. All of my PBs up to half marathon. So really my only PB um, other that I haven't got in Takumi Sens is the marathon, which I got in the Adidas Pro 3s. But my, really? uh, my 5K, my 10K, my half marathon is all in Takumi Sens. I just think nice. they're amazing they're such a great shoe to run in but as i say the these these pair of eights they've got nearly 500 mile in them and i i was still running really well in them they just felt yeah. fantastic um but I'm, I'm just having a look now we di we did on tuesday a pyramid session um mm. and it, um it was a lamppost pyramid session on the bus route so instead of specific distances we were using lamp posts as markers for the distance that we ran out and the pyramid session worked that we ran out to one uh like the first lamp post then we had recovery for a lamp post turn around and ran back for two the distance of two lamp posts and yeah. then the next rep was run out for two recovery for one back for three and then out for three, recovery for one, back for four, all the way mm. up until we went out for eight lamp posts, and then came back for seven, and then went out for seven, back for six, all the way back down to one. Wow! Um, but it, did you it, lose it, the ability to count by the oh, last one? It, it was a bit of maths whilst uh, running, yeah, running maths. But um, <laughs> did you feel managed... like Carol Vorderman? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But we man we managed to do it all right actually, and I think I'm trying to find where's the, where's our longest rep. Uh, where would it be? So our longest rep would have been. Uh, where are we? Oh man, this this is this is brilliant radio, isn't it? Me looking through oh, yeah. uh, through Strava. Uh, trying should... to look for the longest reps. So I think our longest rep was about 0. 0.2 of a mile. Right. So that's eight lampposts. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So and um, in, so this, in this... Three, 400 metres, something like that. Yes. Something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, rep-wise... I was anywhere between, so I started off a bit easier and I was running like six minute mile pace for the reps, but then I got down to just below five minute mile pace for one of them. Nice. So I bet you must, I, have, been, I was, bet you must have been happy with that. Yeah, I was very happy with paces. Um, and yeah, it just felt good to really put some effort into a session because I haven't done that for a long time because uh, obviously injuries and everything, but yeah, it's it just felt great to be running number one in those shoes and number two really pushing myself, um, yeah. hitting that lactic um, yeah. during a session. I know it's horrible, but yeah, yeah there, there's some points where yeah, it just feels good because you know yeah. you've actually put the work in. 
I like that. I, I did a, a couple of um, tasty sessions this week, or one anyway. I did intervals yesterday for the first time, actually, this marathon block. And because I've done that, I wouldn't say purposefully, but that's just sort of the way it's fallen. But the, uh, when this Monday started, I knew, right, recovery week was last week. I'm going to have four good, solid build weeks this week before I have another recovery week. And then I look to do peaks before the taper. And um, so, yeah, I was really really keen to do a bit of speed work so i did uh 10 10 by 100 10 by 200 oh. sorry oh okay so, nice uh, and i was just trying to hit you know interval pace really which for me is faster than sub 25k so in case i was trying to hit somewhere between 345 and four minutes so nice. what's that six six and six twenty fives or something like that is it uh, hang on uh so maybe four, maybe, maybe not six, four minute but... four minute kilometer is 627 yeah, so somewhere in that sort of ballpark, yeah. six ten, you know, nice. and uh, yeah, a, a few of them. I was, um, I don't know if you do the same, but I always like to not take the first few reps a bit easier. Maybe it's my body saying, "Whoa, whoa, hang on, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing?" <laughs> I don't know. It could be a bit of that, but the, the the I was looking at the data in the last. I mean, they're only two hundred, so they were over before they'd started. They're only thirty foot, well, forty forty five seconds long. But I was looking back at the data T and tell that last... to a two hundred meter runner. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, about no, two hundred no, probably... before it started. Yeah, <laughs> they probably feel like it's a marathon, don't they? But um, I, my looking at the data, my last, uh, my last reps were my fastest, which I was quite happy with. Nice. And uh, and, and the what... day before, the day before that, sorry, go on. What sort of pace were you getting on those last few reps? Uh, I was doing three forty, three thirty nines, three forties. Nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty much my not far off my sort of sprint finish kind of pace. And, um, uh, yeah, it was about about 42, 43 seconds for that, uh, for the 200. So it's not exactly lightning pace, I'm not setting the world on fire, but it's I'm kind of operating above my pay grade a bit because that's a lot faster than I usually run. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the day before that, I did a really uh, – this is another thing I forgot to write down hashtag Strava wanker. I was a Strava wanker on, um, on Wednesday because I did a session and I deliberately didn't put my cool down and, uh, warm up in because I didn't want to spoil my nice little, pretty little graph. See, because it, it, I, it, I, I was, I was going to say I, my, um, session was basically a, a progression. So, and I, and I, I was hitting these, I was hitting these paces and I was thinking this is going too well. And I looked back at, at, at what was ultimately the session and I was going to do, you know, a 2K cool down and I'd hit it bang on the last rep and I got this perfect sexy staircase of, you know, progressing splits. And I thought, no way can I put two easy Ks in now. I'm, 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 I'm stopping the workout and I'm uh, starting a new <laughs> one to do my cool down. See, I, I don't think that's too much of a bad thing. See, do you always, in your workouts on, like, whatever you're tracking them on, do you always put your warm-up and warm-down onto I, the same thing? Yeah, I almost always start the workout and finish the workout, and everything that happened within that workout was one logged activity, uh, if you know okay. what I mean. See, yeah, not mine. If, if, if that makes you, uh, yeah, a uh, Strava... Uh, I, that I am that all the time because I <laughs> every single training session will always put my warm up and my warm down separate to the session. I want to know yeah, what 
run for the actual session rather than yeah. everything together. Well, it's good to see that data, isn't it? It's good to see. It's good to see exactly what you know, what what you did, and and that sort of thing, and, and it keeps everything separate, doesn't it? It's a bit yeah. like separating your from your your pants and your socks. You don't want to put it all together. <laughs> you you got to, you got to separate all those kind of all those different things, and you know, I'm going to put your blooming, you're not going to put your your, your t shirts in with your with your with your socks, are you? So you you got to get everything all all separated. Exactly, exactly. Um, talking of training, though. You will be very proud of me this week because uh, I have, um, and it should actually, what time is it? Quarter past eight. It should have gone live 15 minutes ago. No. Yeah. Right. I'll see you in uh, half an hour. I'm just going <laughs> to. Have you released a, a video? Finally, yes. Week one of my training is now up. I can't believe it. I'm literally going to be the last person to see this. Right. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, hopefully I can uh, keep this momentum going and get back up to date. But um, I'm, it's good, I'm isn't not... it? I, it's good. I know I know it's a lot of extra work. And I have this kind of uh, fight with myself every time I come to do a marathon or a, a race or whatever. Should I do a training series? It's a lot of hard work, and it's a, but it's it's good, isn't it? It's good. It keeps you. It keeps it accountable. I know that's a buzzword yeah. for twenty twenty four, but it, and also you've got it to look back on as well. Like you've got well, it. That, you've got the progression there, and that's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. It, it's documenting what we've done, and yeah, we're not necessarily putting stuff online to show people how to do things. That's not what I'm doing and i'm pretty sure that's not why you're putting videos onto youtube we're not here as guidance for people or uh, instructors for people i yeah i'm i'm not a coach you're not a coach we we we're not here to give advice on how you should run a marathon or how you should train for a marathon that's not that's not our point we're, we're here to show people what we do and we're just yeah. documenting our journey from one place to another. Um, yeah. I, I, on that point, I I get, I wouldn't say, I mean, a few people have asked me like why I do it. And if I'm being really brutally honest, a lot of people would get asked that question and say, well, I do it to try and inspire and motivate people and that. I don't do it for that reason. I do it for myself and myself only. And I, I know to be true to myself to do that because as soon as it becomes about other people then you start producing either bad content or you kind of start going along a path that you don't want to go down and before you know it you don't even recognize who you are anymore because you're starting doing I don't know let's just say you're not a shoe reviewer like me all of a sudden I'm putting out shoe reviews and everyone's like, why is Andy doing a shoe review? He doesn't ever does them. Let, let's just go and watch Ed Bud. Let's just go and watch, you know, <laughs> someone else. Let's yeah. go and watch someone who knows what they're talking about. And what I'm doing is I'm just regurgitating stuff that I've probably learned from Ed Bud's channel. And I'm just saying it on my channel uh, for, for, for clicks. That's basically what, 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 what the way it could go. And I have to, uh, you have to play to your strengths and my strengths yeah. are like you i'm a storyteller i'm a bit of a i haven't got many other strengths when it comes to 
when it comes to this sport because there's a hell of a lot I don't know about it. So all I can do, just like you have exactly just, just said, we document. That's what we do. We, we, we approach it as if it were our own film, you know, our own story of our life. And that's, that's, that's why we do it. And I think it's, I think it's, well, I wouldn't say it's the best way to do it because Ed Budd probably doesn't want to do week long videos of his training because he prefers doing the the running shoe stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he's good at that. He's the best at it. He is. That's why, that's why he does that. And if you don't know who Ed Budd is, you've obviously never searched for any shoes online. He's, Probably the go-to guy, isn't he? Would you say for oh, shoe, yeah, shoe reviewers yeah. in the UK? I would say yes. He is the number one shoe reviewer uh, yeah. or sh- shoe tuber, like he likes to call himself. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's that's exactly. How, and I don't want to sound like I'm having a go at anyone that's got a YouTube channel, but for as far as I'm concerned, I just like to, I just like to play to my own strengths, and those yeah. strengths are being honest. And that's one thing I always try and guarantee is that I'll try and be honest. Sometimes I'm a bit too honest and I open myself up to a lot of criticism and I've had a lot of criticism in the comment section of my videos and, you know, sometimes resulted in me getting a bit defensive, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's another story for another time, but I, uh, yeah, you open yourself up for criticism, but we're standing on that pedestal so we've got to expect it. Yeah. But um... see, see, this is the thing. We're we're putting our, we're documenting our journey and putting our story out there. Um, so because we're putting it into the public domain, then people can comment on it. It's absolutely. It's not like it's not like we're going to put it out there and say nobody say anything. No, nobody God. can have an opinion on this. The whole to turn the comments is, off. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Everybody's yeah. going to have an opinion and you can have an opinion and you can think what you like. But the whole reason I do it is because I enjoy making the videos. I enjoy documenting what I do. Um, yeah. And I like having it there as something to look back on. I mean, running a sub three last year was a massive thing for me and a really big part of my running, I'm not going to say career, but my running time, time as a runner. And to have that and the whole run-up to it there for me to have a look at at any point and go back to and reminisce is amazing. I bet there's loads of people out there that wish they had that sort of thing to look back on and see all of their achievements. Um, And I just love having that. People might not like it, but I'm not necessarily putting it out there for other people. I'm putting it out Mm. for myself first and foremost. And then if people like what I'm doing, that's a massive bonus. And it's, it's amazing that people can take enjoyment out of what I'm doing to enjoy myself too. Yeah, we're not doing this for the free stuff, partly because there is none. I don't get it. I don't get yeah. any free stuff, but we don't do this for the kind of yeah. celebrityness of it, believe no. it or not. But we but do it because yeah. you know that we do it because it's it's fun and it's a creative outlet. It, it's yeah. a, what I always like to describe it as: it's a hobby within a hobby, or it's a hobby on top of a hobby. Because mm. I really like shooting, editing. It's a way yeah. to put your stamp on. It's a little my. It's like your own little corner of the internet, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. you can be whoever you want to be. You can have the style you want to have. 
and and it's like you've got nobody telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it what? Oh, I was I had something in my head then to say, and I can't remember what I was going to say. Was that uh, because there were there were some meows in the background? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my my cat completely uh, took my attention for a second, and then I completely <laughs> forgot what I was talking about. Um, what what were we talking about? What, what, I actually, I'm just thinking about your cat. Can we see your cat? Uh, can, he is well. One of them is down here on the floor. Oh, come on, mate. Say hello. Oh. Here he is. We're going to say hello. Wow. Say hello. So, just to here like give Woo. everyone on who's listening on say Apple hello. or Spotify a bit of an audio description, we're basically looking at what looks like a, a sort of a kung fu master as a cat. <laughs> We've got the what, what's this? What's your cat's name? This one's called Boba. Boba has got like these massive, like long white eyebrows, like that look like he's so wise. <laughs> he's got these big long white whiskers against his black, his you know his his uh, black. Anyway, I I'll just stop talking about you, uh, describing your cats now. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like he looks like a legend. But yeah, for, as far as I'm concerned, YouTube is fun. I yeah. still enjoy it. And the second it stops becoming fun, I stop doing it. And the reason I'm doing this, the reason I'm doing it, I know this wasn't the point of this, this episode, but I do this because I used to have a photography. Sorry, the other one's just turned up as well. So, Oh, this who's this? Hello. Is this, this Mis Mis Misu? Misa. Misa. Yeah, Misa. Hi, Misa. Whoa. Isn't that, is that a Game of Thrones reference? No, it's not. It's not. Uh, and a that... lot of people, because obviously Boba is a mainly a Star Wars reference, partly because of Boba Fett, um, but also because he's got a moustache that looks a bit like a bow tie. So Boba, yeah. that's where his name came from. But uh, Misa is a reference to a uh, character in a uh, anime called Death Note. I don't know what you're talking I know. about. <laughs> I know, exactly. But lots of people, um, when I say Misa, they think that it's another Star Wars reference. They think it's a, a, a Jar Jar Binks reference. Of, uh, Misa, love you, Annie. Uh, see, I thought it was a Game of Thrones thing, because at one point, doesn't everyone start shouting Misa at Khaleesi when they think she's the queen or the mother or something? Oh, I don't know. They all say Misa, Misa. Misa? And, 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 oh, okay. and she says, what does that mean? He said, they're calling your mother. I think it's Misa. Oh, oh okay. it's been about seven years since I've seen it, so I'm, 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 yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doubting that reference now. But really quickly, <laughs> I was saying about the photography thing. Yeah. I had a YouTube channel, uh, all about photography, and I did it as a reactive measure. I saw a lot of other people in 2015 that were doing it and taking the camera out with them. They talk about how they take a photo. And they'd make a little, you know, a little story out of it. So they'd go out, they'd get in the car, you know, you'd see the boot shutting, all that sort of stuff. You know, the coffee that'd be made, that sort of thing. Then they'd go up a hill and they'd take a photo of a sunrise, talk about the photo they took, and then show you the photo at the end. So that's your, you know, that's your little thing that you got from the video. And that's the end of the video. And that's the one thing I started doing. And then all of a sudden, I thought, oh, I want, I want, I want, my, my, I want some more views. What's everyone else doing? They're doing reviews of new cameras and new lenses and new things like that. And I don't, I at the time, I didn't really. I actually know a lot more about photography than I do about running, 
and I still don't feel qualified to talk about photography online. Yeah. So let alone running. And I was doing, you know, things about um, ways to do things. I think one of my biggest views was uh, how to do X, Y, Z, how to do this. And I've had more dislikes on it than likes. It's yeah. like, <laughs> because some of the stuff I say in it is, I think, borderline wrong or borderline very badly articulated. And yeah. like I was saying 10 minutes ago, it's a bit like I tried to regurgitate the facts that I learned from other people and I'd done it badly because I didn't have that. I hadn't learned that, you know, that stuff. I'd basically seen a video and thought, oh, I can make a video on this. Yeah. I'd no, no one will notice that I've nicked it from that video. And and I, I was doing and I saw myself falling into this pattern of doing that. And I'd upload reviews of things. And it's just like, it's not, it's an unhappy way to live because you're just constantly thinking, how can I get more views? How can I get more subscribers? Yeah. And it kept, got to a point where I just gave up because I thought I can't be bothered anymore. And my, yeah. my prom promise I made to myself was with the running YouTube, no upload, uh, no upload schedule. So do it when you've got time, upload mm -hmm. when you can. Um, don't do anything you're, uh, you know, underqualified for don't talk about stuff that you don't really understand and don't tell people how to do stuff because it's yeah. transparent you can see right through that stuff yeah and so that's especially, why especially when you're not qualified to do that the, the whole thing of running is you need to be a qualified trainer or coach to actually know what is best for someone to do in their training otherwise you're going to get them injured so telling yeah. people what they should be doing in their running is a really dangerous place to be. I mean, I, I, I'm not a qualified coach, so I'm, nev I'm never going to tell people what they should do um, in their running. I'll have conversations with people and like I, I have conversations with you all the time and we give pe each other advice and say what we're doing. But that's between friends. It's not like I'm putting it out into the big wide world and saying you should do this. But um I mean, I'm a qualified teacher in art and design. I can mm. talk all day about art and design and what's good design and what isn't and things like that. But art and design is slightly opinion too because it's whether you like a piece of art or not. And some people like it and some people don't. Whereas well, that's, You've hit the nail on the head there because art is subjective, sport is objective. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So I, I, I could talk all day about art and design, but also it's my it's my job in like a couple of days a week. That's what I do. I don't want my job to also be something that I do as my hobby afterwards. Hmm. That sounds odd because when, when they say when you make a hobby, your career, it's stops being a job and starts being fun and that is 100% true with my screen printing and my print shop and my leather work because I've taken what I really enjoy and turned it into my business but my teaching was always that stays at college I teach in a college and that's where my teaching ends I don't want to do that as videos and things like that so that's why I want to mm. document when I'm having fun and I'm having fun and I'm in my happy place when I'm out running. Yeah. Because hobbies, uh, at the end of the day, 
if this isn't a job for us, it's a hobby. And mm-hmm. it's a hobby is something to be enjoyed. We do it because we find it fun. It gives us it gives us hope. It gives us joy. You find friendships. You can find love. You can find travel. You can find inspiration. You can inspire others. And that's the best thing about a hobby, isn't it? And it's it comes through. I, I think I don't want to toot toot our own horns here, but I think it comes through with us. We don't feel like we. It doesn't feel forced with us to. I feel like the stuff that we put out there is good, honest stuff. Well, honest stuff. I don't know if it's good or not. And I'm talking like we've got a million subscribers each. You know, we've only, we, we've only yeah. got really a handful in comparison. Well, but well, that that's that's the other thing I was going to say. I've, I've I've remembered what I was going to say earlier. Um, and as you were saying, like we don't get paid for doing this. I mean, you're at the point where your channel is monetized, but you earn very little from the views that you're getting. It's not like you can afford a coffee at the end of the month, probably from the well, amount. Have- things and stuff have, but have a guess right so i have just earned over so looking at my youtube analytics oh i, I can't bother to pull them up now um i started monetizing november 2022 if anyone watches my channel i did the Worcestershire way and i did my when i got lost well i got lost on all my ultras but it was the first <laughs> one i did and that was the first ever video i i monetized and from that date how much money do you think i've earned since it might be November, more than you think. Twenty twenty-two. Um, so it's, it's about it's about fifteen months, yeah, fourteen, fifteen months. I I I wouldn't even like to hazard a guess because I haven't got a clue. Thousand pound. So a thousand. So I don't know if that's more or less than you were thinking, but I've bear in mind for a lot of people, you might think, oh, that's not a bad little learner, and it isn't. Thousand pounds quite good for doing something you really enjoy. But yeah. when you think of, when you start to add money into it, I put on average when I take into account the running that I do and planning, editing, each video is taking me on average six hours, I'd say. Yeah. So when I add all those hours together, which isn't far off the average daily, <laughs> um, uh, you know, what person would do for a job. Obviously, I don't sit down for six hours. I, I, I edit for across the week, two or three days, a couple of hours at a time. But a thousand pound for six hours a day, that's not a very good return. <laughs> over 18 months, no. Yeah, over 18 months. So, yeah, it's not as much as you might think. But what I'm going to do with that money when I finally work out how to put it into my account, because it's in some sort of American bank account in Google head office at the moment. I'm either going to buy, well, I'm going to buy something to do with the channel. So I might buy, I might, you know, buy a drone or I might buy um, a treadmill. I don't know. I might buy <laughs> something to do with, I might put the money back into the channel. Yeah. Somehow. See, see, that's the thing. That's the other thing you've got to take into consideration is not just your time, but how much was your camera? How much was your computer to yeah. do the editing? How much was the software to do the editing? So it, it's it's not like we're yeah and and I, I haven't even reached the monetization stage of the YouTube channel yet so absolutely everything I do for free and I've had I've had grief off people in comments saying how bad my upload schedule is and I take ages to upload videos and I'm like hang on I'm I work two jobs trying to run a business and make YouTube videos and the YouTube videos 
I earn nothing out of. So what am I going to prioritize? Exactly. You've got to never, ever let go of what matters most and what, yeah. you know, running. Uh, I love it, but it's third on the chain behind family, behind work. And then there's running that that's where that's where it lies for me. And I know it's probably this. Well, it's the same for you. Maybe it's even further down. I don't know. But for me, those two things have to come first. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, once the once the bills are paid and the roof over my head is secure each month, that's when I can worry about doing things for free and putting some entertainment out there in the pe- in to the world that people can consume for free. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's that's the way it is. But um, yeah, I, I'm and, well, and that, I'm well behind with my videos, but I don't really care because yeah, as I say, I'm putting them out for me more than anything else. Yeah, and that's another thing as well. With with and I'm, this is going to sound like I'm having to go at my audience now, but they are consuming this for nothing, you know, for yeah. zero, and. A lot of people, I think, start to feel like they have a say in what you should or shouldn't be doing, in a direction you should be going. And you feel like saying, mate, you're just a, a random person off the internet. I am yeah. going to clue who you are. <laughs> you don't know who I am. You only know a digital Black Mirror style <laughs> version of me. You only know the little, yeah. you know, the little version of me, let's face it, that I choose to let you see because that's sort of influencer culture, isn't it? that I'm only showing you the bits of my life, what I want you to see. Um, so you think, Oh yeah, I could give him some tips and tricks. And I know what will sort him out or, uh, and, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't, that's probably why I might come across a bit defensive sometimes when someone has a go at me, but yeah. yeah. I have, I have noticed that you do take comments to heart sometimes. And I, I've, I've sent several messages to you where you, where I just say, just ignore them and laugh. I, I, yeah. read, I read I read bad comments about mine sometimes and it just makes me chuckle because it's, there are there is people taking time out of their day to write a bad comment on my video. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're wasting your time because it's not going to affect me in any way. And number two, thank you very much. I'll take the view and I'll take the uh, hit to the algorithm. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's you've really helped me out. Uh, on that note, though, I, I I think it's part of your DNA, isn't it? It depends. It depends, doesn't it? Because I'm I'm quite a sensitive well, soul at the end yeah. of the day, and I and, and a comment that is um and and I I do take things to heart, and you know you know when someone tell I think Ricky Gervais says this in a lot of his stand ups, he's or one of his podcasts early in the day, he said he loves it when people say don't take this the wrong way. And he's like, well, no, don't tell me how to take something when you're about to say something probably awful. You know what I mean? It's that yeah. sort of thing. It's like I, yeah. you can't tell someone how to yeah. behave or react, especially react, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, yeah, comments. I've never really officially been trolled on my appearance, but on the things I say and do, yes, yeah, so I do get taken to task quite a bit on that. But yeah. Sometimes comments do get to me, but that's part and parcel. But I, yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I, that's like that goes back to what I was saying a bit earlier about maybe being a bit too honest. And I let my audience yeah. really into my, you know, my personal life because yeah. I'm a bit, I am a bit too honest. So, of course, people are going to have thoughts and feelings on that. And that's, yeah. um, 
you know, for example, if I'm ill, I know I tell everyone I'm ill, I go out for a run or something like that. I don't know. It, it, it's like yeah. I wanted to go out for a run. And yeah. and it, it, but, it's like... But that's the opposite, though, of... Um, so you get influencers thinking that they are trainers and telling people how to train, but then you mm. get the armchair coaches as well who will tell yeah. us how to train and, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, or that's a very silly thing to do. People could watch you and get... Um, get um ideas from what you're doing and you're you're influential to others and other people look up to you but it we're we're documenting what we do at no point have we said do what we do that's yeah. that's not what our videos are for it's it's entertainment would would you look, watch i don't know a film and go oh you shouldn't be showing that in the film because it might influence people to do things in particular ways no it's the whole point of it is to show what we're doing yeah to be entertainment yeah you shouldn't do exorcisms that can relate that that can, <laughs> that, that that can be really dangerous do you know what i mean well, don't, you know you've just watched the exorcist that sort of thing is that know, the you... first film that came into your head <laughs> yeah i should have gone with something a bit less you know <laughs> you know you shouldn't you shouldn't crash into icebergs if you're a captain of a, a, a cruise ship it, exactly yeah you know, it, it's just hindsight, isn't it? It's, everyone loves hindsight. But, like, I don't know what's happened there, but, like, I, I think we, we seem to mention Will, don't we, every team, every single podcast. But Will Will Fu said, the Wu said something had, had gone down with, with a, a video he'd put out recently. And, um, and it just shows that it doesn't matter how big or small your channel is, you know, we all get, you know, everyone kind of has a pop, don't they? You know, everyone, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter how, you know, if you've got, Hundred thousand yeah. subscribers or a hundred people, people, people love to, you know, have a go. It, it's this. It's the same as anything, though, isn't it? People sit in their armchair and go, "Oh, that looks easy." They watch a they watch a game show, and they're screaming the answers to the questions on the TV, and going, "Are you stupid? What the yeah. hell did you pick that one for?" But in that situation, that it it's it's very different, and. You are the expert whilst you sat in the t sat in your chair watching the TV, but yeah. the the people who are telling you that you shouldn't be doing that are the people who don't even run. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. mental. Yeah, and it, it's a, it's a funny old. I mean, looking at the positive from because we probably sounded a bit moany now. The positive <laughs> of being doing what we do. With, with our, you know, with our running, is the community in it? It's meeting yeah. people. Don't you ever see, like, you know, when you go to a race and someone comes up to you and they just say those few little words, oh, I really like your channel, mate. And it's like, yeah. oh, that genuinely is like the nicest compliment you can give me. It's really yeah. nice. Even if you're lying through your teeth, I'll take it. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just, that when people engage, I've got people I know, I think really quite well, who I've never actually met in person. Yeah. Through my YouTube channel. I've made really good friends through, through the YouTube channel. We have essentially, I know we know each other through, you know, different, you know, lifetimes ago, but we've met through the YouTube channel, haven't we? Yeah. Yours or mine or both. And yeah. it's, 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 it's how I've made, 
probably the most friends in my life <laughs> is this YouTube channel. So yeah. it's um it's an amazing an amazing thing. I'm really grateful for it. Yeah. And yeah, I just that, that, I hope it carries on. That thing you were saying of people coming up and saying really like the channel, it 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 is such a great feeling knowing that you're putting stuff out there that people enjoy and, and the yeah. fact that people want to watch it. That's, yeah. that's amazing. But like it, I find it the best when you're in the middle of a race or in the middle of a run and somebody you either run past or run past you and goes, really like the channel, mate, as they're yeah, going yeah, past yeah. you or you're going yeah. past them. It's, it's brilliant. It makes, makes, it gives you a burst of energy. And make, it makes does. It brilliant. really does. It's such a bizarre feeling, isn't it? And because um, in their head, they're probably like, well, I know exactly, you know, I know their dog's name and I know, you know, I know all the marathons. <laughs> they've, I, yeah. I know the what marathons they've PB'd at. And, oh, and they're going for a sub three this year. And you, you know, it, it's like, wow, I can't believe I've said all this stuff really. And all these, and these, you know, folk remember it and it's amazing. So, um, yeah, keep keep doing it if you if you ever do it. It makes us feel really uh, really good, really yeah. really famous. <laughs> I don't know about famous, but um, yeah, no, I'm not yeah. sure about famous. <laughs> but we've we've I've just looked at the clock, mate. <laughs> As if I've not I've not even got <laughs> forty four minutes. <clears throat> Hang on, I'm about to cough. <clears throat> We haven't even I haven't even mentioned any of the notes I've written. No, so yeah. There's one item one item I think you're the same as me. We'll leave that to the end. But yeah. the, the three the three of the four things that I've got written down are I've put plateau question mark, Borton on the water 10k, do I enter, and cleaning your shoes. So we'll start with cleaning your shoes. Today yeah. I looked at my shoes that I've just been stacking in my porch and they're an absolute shambles, absolute winter shambles. Every run I seem to have done recently has just been a muddy one. So all my, even my fast shoes, like my, you know, my vapor flies or the Takumi Sen 8s covered in mud. It's just completely, completely caked in mud. So I thought, right, I'm going to just going to do them all. And then Laura said, it, can you do mine as well? I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so I've, I've literally got about 40 pairs of shoes on the patio and, I'm, and I started and I started using something I used. I bought this for about 15 or 20 quid last year called a boot buddy, which is uh, like, you okay, yes, you fill it up from, uh, you fill it up, put the cap on and then you can sort of like unscrew the, the, the actual brush and water, warm water will come out and it will, you know, really help you out. But I did it and it broke. And I was like, oh dear. Fortunately for the dog, we bought something a while ago called a mud daddy, which is designed for like dirty and wet dogs. And before you get them in the car or, you know, whatever you do, you you have to sort of pump uh, pump the water from what looks like a jerry can. And then it goes into like a shower head. I mean, it's a pretty decent thing. I bought this for Laura for Christmas. It's about 80 quid. It wasn't cheap. And um, we haven't used it. And I thought I could have a go on the shoes on this. And I used it and it was phenomenal. It was brilliant. So it's controversial, but I put um, warm kitchen sink water in there, but I put a bit of uh, fairy up liquid in there, which I know Ooh. not a lot of people would do. But I 
these shoes honestly were so dirty. I just think warm water wouldn't have shifted a lot of this mud. So I had like another bowl as like a, a rinse, you know, a, br a brush with a rinse bowl. And then so I'm, I, I managed to get all my shoes done. Do you know how long it took me? An hour and 15 minutes to do all these shoes. <laughs> how, and how, how, I know you said uh, about 40 pairs, but how many pairs were there? So there were, I will drop them into conversation now. There were my Vaporflies, Takumi Sen 8s, my Pink Sorkin Endorphin Speed 3s, my uh, Nike Peg Trail 4s, Gore-Tex, my Reebok Trails, my old Reebok Trails, which I don't wear anymore, my Reebok Road Shoes, my, uh, there's got to be one more, there's got to be one more, my Nike Invincibles, that's eight pairs, and uh, my Asics Nova Blasts, Nova Blast 3s, so that's nine pairs, and I'm probably forgetting one as well. It's probably a Nike and Adidas. Oh, my Adidas Pro 3s, Adidas Pro 3s, which are only worn, worn a handful of times. They didn't even need a wash, but they look amazingly so, so good. <laughs> they look they look so sexy now they're done. Um, and out of the lot of them, the Adidas are the clear winners. They look, they clean really nicely. The uppers on the Vaporfly still look dirty, and I don't know if that's because I use too much water. Um, the Reeboks look all right. Sorkinis actually look really. The Sorkinis look really good, uh, but yeah, the Nikes the, the Nikes don't really seem to hold the the wet water too well, so they look really sort of dank and dirty. And then I did four Alora's pairs as well, so I did what's yeah. that thirteen pairs. So, d do you never wash shoes when you get back from a run? No, mate, I'm a lazy oh, bar steward, wow. and I um, I um, I know I should. What I should do is take this mud daddy in the boot with me. So I finish yeah. a park run and then I should do them before I get in the car and then wear my sliders home. But I don't, I get off, I get the, I get the shoes off, put them in the porch and leave them and I'll wear dirty shoes tomorrow or the day after. So I know that's, that's probably like yeah. we were just saying, I'm opening myself up to criticism and a yeah. lot of people have probably absolutely hound me for that. But no, I, uh, and I know that is basically, that's like running shoe cancer really, isn't it? If you're not looking after your shoes and I know that. Yeah. Yeah, and I need it, to. It, I need to stay on top of that. I, I've got into the habit of cleaning shoes if they get dirty on a run. I clean them as soon as I get back from the run um, and Do leave you? them to dry, um, especially cross country um, spikes because they get absolutely plastered in mud. So if you don't clean them straight away, um, this is one of the things with like mud on shoes and stuff because the mud dries on it and pulls it all together. It then makes the fabric a bit more um, uh, like fragile and a bit more yeah. stiff. So they yeah. tear really easily. Um, uh, right. So if you're not keeping your shoes, the uppers can tear really easily from I've got being a, covered and caked in mud. I've got a tear of one of my uh, my trail shoes, my Reebok ones. Mind you, they're only 50 quid, so I don't really mind. Yeah. But having said that, those Reebok trails that I've got, I like them so much I bought a second pair. And a guarantee, um, uh, there's almost a guarantee that if you go on the Reebok website, there's almost always something like 25% off the marked sale price. So I got these like 80 quid shoes for about 38 quid. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a bit of a uh, bit of a cold. Oh, you've got all Barry White. I have, not I? <laughs> <coughs> Bloody hell. Oh, God. I'm back. I'm back. But yeah, so um, those 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 Reeboks have got a tear in them. And I think you're right. God, listen to me. 
<clears throat> I bet everyone's like, thank God we can end the podcast after only 15 minutes. <laughs> um, but no, we've still got Brett's end of the podcast quiz at the end of the podcast yeah. to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, so maybe that's because I wasn't looking after those uh, those trail shoes. Yeah. You're going to have to do the talking, mate. I, I literally can't talk. I'm going to have about yeah. 14 gallons of water. Hang on. Um, I, I was going to mention about uh, my shoes, actually, the fact that I do wash them pretty much. If if they need washing, a lot of the time they, they don't really need washing, but um, I will <laughs> always wash the side of the midsole and just get any dirt off the top of the um, shoe if I need to. But um, the other thing I was going to ask you is, where do you store your shoes? So, um, like porch. you said, it, so in your porch, are they just on a shoe rack or are they just in a yeah. pile or so they're on uh there's a shoe rack yeah but the the problem is with the porch for the winter obviously it gets quite cold because there's no radiator in there um so and if a robber if a robber a burglar ever came in and knew what they were talking about they'd take the shoes because <laughs> they'd be right there they wouldn't bother with a tv or anything because they've got the vaporized skims and eights uh the, the there's about if I think, if I'm being honest, it's probably about, if you add it all up, it's about 800 quid's worth of shoes in my porch. Mm-hmm. I'd maybe need to consider moving them, actually. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd actually be more annoyed if a burglar took my Socony Endorphin Speed 3s than my TV. <laughs> and my Vapor Flyers and my Tsukumi's N8s. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, yeah, I'd be more annoyed if a, a burglar made it into the porch, took all my shoes... Laura would be like, oh, that was a close, that was a close shave. We got away with that. I was like, no, we didn't. I've just lost all my shoes. I, I, uh... Anyway, so I, I'm just, I'm off on a tangent um, here. Have a, guess yes. where I, have a guess where I store all my shoes. In the highest point of the house in the attic, maybe? No, they don't go into the attic. They don't go no. that far. Somewhere warm? They are all stored in my bedroom. And how do you think I store them? I think I know the answer to this because old Obi Wan Brett Elsmar videos. When you're, you know, when you're doing your curtain opening <laughs> ritual, and you've got Boba yeah. and Misa just, you know, you know, waking you up, and you see your Mickey uh, Mickey Mouse Apple Watch waking you up, yeah. and then you do your S and C in front of about ninety thousand <laughs> shoe boxes. <laughs> Yeah, so all of my shoes are still stored in their box. I, yeah, the I original don't... box they came in. Yeah, yeah, impressive. Um, <clears throat> just, just, yeah, I don't know. I got into a habit of looking after them, and if if I look after them, they'll like look after me. Yeah, I mean that's quite a healthy way to look at it, really. Because mine, you'd be absolutely disgusted if you saw the way some of my shoes were like uh, looked after, especially when you think about it. If you'll pay it, mean, I don't know. If I bought these new Alpha Flies, these 290 quid Alpha Flies, then I'd probably be like, yeah, I'd probably be sleeping in them. I'd probably be like, put them in my bed. I'd never ever want to like, I'd wrap them up in cotton wool basically. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 you think about it, you spend a lot of money on your shoes. Yeah. Why should you? But, uh, what, what, what's know. the, what's the most you've ever spent on a pair of running mm-hmm. shoes? Ooh, big question. <laughs> I think it's about. <clears throat> is this the true answer or is it the answer you tell Laura? 
Yeah, this is the answer I tell Laura. About uh, £70? No, um, <laughs> I think it's about a hundred and... This is before I knew about sports shoes codes. My first marathon shoes, my Saucony and Dolphin Speed 2s, I bought them on sports shoes for 160 and I mm-hmm. think that's the most I've ever spent. Everything else I've managed to get on sale. But I'm a bit of a TK Maxx kind of, kind of guy, so I always seem to get things that are at least a season or two old. You know what I mean? They're yeah. six months old. So the Adios Pro 3s I got for about 130 or 40 quid or something like that, and they'd been out six months. The Vaporflies I got off the Nike website, 120 quid, because they were obviously having a big clear out of them because the threes were out any any day. But yeah, I think it's probably in the region of about 150. I think it might be those uh, speed speed twos, which I which ironically was one of the first pair of shoes I ever bought. So yeah, what about you? Uh, yeah, about the same. About 160 is about the most I've spent. Uh, that was for um, the Adios Pro Three. I managed to get for about 160 quid, which yep. I was very pleased with because they had just been released and I managed to get a discount code on the Adidas website. So that was good. Um, and yep. the other expensive ones were the Prime X, which I ended up spending about 150 quid on. But seeing as they're 230 brand new, that's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a saving. Yeah, yeah. I think that's... Um... You know, you get what you pay for, don't you? And you think you get a really good shoe if you spend a bit of money. Well, that's not always true because I think sometimes, you know, for example, I've never used these Asics Nova Blast 4s, but a lot of people said the 4s weren't as good as the 3s. I and mean, how often do we hear that? Yeah. Um, but yet the price has gone up 20 quid. So you don't always get what you pay for, but what you're actually getting is a new, you know, you're, you're getting marketing as well, aren't you? You're getting a new product so of course you've got to pay premium for anything that's brand new you're getting the you know if you're paying you know if you're getting something brand new you're paying top dollar aren't you because you 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 can't be saying well i'll I'll wait for a discount code yeah you're gonna be waiting about six months mate (laughs) yeah i'll get that i'm gonna get them alpha flow threes when they come down to 100 pound yeah what in 40 years yeah Uh, yeah 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 Mm, but um Another thing I was going to mention is I've had an email today about potential, and this is a big, uh, I don't know if we should go down this road because we're 57 minutes on the clock. Should you do hard 10Ks in a marathon training block? Because I've been, uh, I'm on the waiting list for the Borton on the Water, which is in the Cotswolds 10K, which is a fast road 10K. I've just been given a place because I've been on the waiting list. Do I enter? I've got about, the email came through this afternoon saying I got 24 hours. What would you do? I'm free how, that day as well. How long before the marathon is it? So how far into the block is it? Uh, also bear in mind, March, I've got quite a few races. Some other races. <laughs> so um, it would be uh, week seven of 16 of training at the end of. Week seven of 16, so not even halfway through. Yeah, go for it. Because I think I will do a hard 10K. If I do do it, I think I will, you know, whether I get a PB or not, I don't know. But I think it will be good for my Vieto Max. So I think it will be good to to push the boat out a bit and just, just go for it. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I figure why not? It's a nice part of the world. If nothing else, the Cotswolds would be quite nice yeah. to run around. Bought somewhere I've never been. Lovely. 
Yeah. Yeah. Is that well, the place with the really shallow stream that runs through the town? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And whilst you're there, you can go for a trip to Birdland and go and see the penguins. Um, ah. Which is that great. And you, can, and you can also um, go and be a big man in a model village. Oh, I've been to one of those model villages before. I think it was somewhere like, uh, just one of those towns like, oh, God knows what it was called now, Biggleswade or Burkhamsted or something like that in the home counties. And there was like one of these, um, yeah, model villages. And it's surreal. It's yeah. really, the attention to detail is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Is, it's, it, um, is, it, is it hot fuzz where it goes? If you want to be a big man in a small town, piss off to the model village. Really? I don't know. It might be. Brilliant. don't know that film well enough, but that's a great film. That's a great reference. Yeah. But, uh, but, um, yes, I would go for it, dude. It's not even halfway through the block. You've got plenty of time to get back into the swing of marathon training afterwards. So, yeah, um, I know you said you've got a lot of races in March, but they won't be target races, will they? And you won't be going all out in them. Well... Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's speak to <laughs> Definitely marathon pace. Definitely hundred yeah. percent marathon pace. Yeah, but you can't do a ten k marathon pace, can you? No. Come on. But no, yeah. uh, uh, at the risk of getting uh, um, being too honest, I'll tell you what my races are. So uh, I've got uh, early March. I'm going up to Nottingham to do um, the ten k there. Yeah, which is uh, which is going to be quite a good race. Which is going to be a hilly one. So I think that will be a good a good way to test myself on hills at a decent pace. So it won't be a PB attempt, uh, but Rich, my mate Rich, who lives up there, has been saying how hilly Nottingham is. I don't really know Nottingham, so I'll just deal with that when I get there. But he says, yeah, there's a couple of, uh, something like the Park Estate is a part of Nottingham, he says about, and apparently by the castle, Nottingham Castle. So, um, yeah, I better stop talking about it before I took myself out of it. But uh, <laughs> basically... Yeah, that will be a good way to to just try and charge up some hills. Week after that, <clears throat> I've got a wedding, so I don't like to make things easy for myself, on the Saturday, which I'm working at, in Devon. So three hours, three and a half hours before I've even got the camera out of the bag. Then we've got a 12-hour wedding day. Then drive home. Then the day after is Droitwich Half Marathon, which I've not yet signed up for, which me and you did last year. Wow. Which, you, which ain't easy. You saying that. Guess what I entered last night? The Droitwich Half Marathon. I did indeed, yes. Yeah, good, good. Because that, that again, similar to that 10K kind of thing, it's really good to test yourself on those. And, that and it's a terrain. week earlier. It's a week earlier this year, which means it won't be on <clears throat> uh, longest uh, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <clears throat> um, peak, peak mileage week. Peak. Yeah, it won't be on peak mileage week. It will be the week before. So I'm hoping that I can possibly push it a little bit more um, this year than I did last year. Um, so we'll see because it's the week before the peak mileage week. So when we'll you're pushing your peak mileage weeks, does that mean you reduce your intensity then for uh, longer runs? For uh, example, like not you wouldn't necessarily. Race, so you wouldn't race a half marathon during peak. Is that what you're saying? Well, I did last year, but my longest run uh, on peak week was 20 miles. So yeah. for Droitwich Half, me and you did pretty much the same. I did three-mile warm-up, raced yeah. the half, and then did four-mile afterwards to get up yeah. to that 20-mile. Um, yeah. 
Whereas this year, I can go and just do it as a half marathon without having to do the extra miles around it. If you yeah, know what I mean, because yeah, it's not yeah, on yeah, yeah. long run, longest run of the block week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, um, and then yeah, for me, the week after, we're racing together again. We are, yes. Down in Gloucestershire, we're down in the Fishing Twenty Miler, which is, and that is my peak week. <clears throat> yeah, that'll be my first peak as well because you're you're two weeks ahead of me, aren't you? So Manchester's yeah. two weeks before Newport. So so yeah, that'll be good for uh, for both of us, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm still unsure what to do on that twenty miler, whether to try and do the whole twenty miles as marathon pace or do a bit of a session. So ease into it do the first few mile easy yeah um then do a marathon place pace block and then do a couple of miles at the end as a as a warm down rather than trying to do the whole <laughs> 20 miles at marathon pace it just seemed yeah. a little bit too much as yeah. like yeah i don't know well i'm i've never negative split anything fast anything further than a half um so a st- let alone, like, I've never even come close to negative splitting a marathon. So it might be good for my confidence if I do something very similar. So if I have an easy, maybe an easy five mile, then a steady five mile, and then maybe a marathon pace 10 mile, that yeah. might be a good way to race the 20 miler rather than going, shit, sorry, am I allowed to swear on this? I never know. It's a bit late now, isn't it? Um, uh, rather Wait. than realising... About ten minutes in, you called yourself a Strava wanker. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sorry. laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to, because if I go, like I said, if if you go at marathon pace and you get to, you know, you get to twelve, thirteen, fourteen mile, hopefully a bit further than that, because I should hopefully be fit enough to do that. But I'm worried that if I get three quarters of the way through. A marathon pace pace is is feeling bad. I feel like that might have a negative spiraling effect on my the rest of my training. So I feel like if I approach it in a more of a positive way, take it a bit easier, uh, and it might might actually work out like that for me on uh, on race day. And I think for me because my 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 target time is a bit a lot more conservative than yours. Mine's three forty two. So obviously with a three hour marathon, you probably don't have a lot of wiggle room for a negative split really do you because you'll be running like a, a madman in the second <laughs> half of the race yeah but what for me hopefully 342 um i mean between me you and everyone listening to this podcast i would love a 330 that's what i'd love so if i can go out at about 335 340 pace maybe even 345 pace and then slowly as we start get towards the halfway point or maybe 10 miles start to ease into that 3.30 and hopefully bring that average average pace down to 3.30. That's what I, the, the 3.30 finish. That's what I'd love to do. And yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, how many marathons have you got booked or planning to do this year? Are you planning to do one at the end of the year again? Valencia. Ah, yes, you are. I, yeah. I'm willing... I'm willing to put money on the fact that you'll break. Don't say it. Don't, don't say things. Don't say things. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there into the big wide world and into the public domain. I would put money on you running 
under 330 at Valencia? Well, my my watch is telling me here, my Garmin is telling me my marathon estimate's 325. There I have I, I don't think we've got enough time to look on V dot now and go through all that, but I bet you if I typed in my 5k time, which is just nearly 20 minutes, I bet you that would say something very similar, maybe even quicker. Which what, would be what? about here we go. Here we go. What, what what do they say? They say you take your you take your um half time, double it, and add nine minutes, they say. Something like One, that. 135. So 135 times two, that's two three ten. Like, three ten plus nine minutes. So you should be yeah, you should be running three twenty. That is that. Uh, see, that to me sounds like me asking you to run a two fifteen marathon in Manchester. It just sounds so impossible, yeah. and that's what I need to change in my in my head because I'm yeah. I'm a I, I've got negative. Uh, the the marathon is the is is the only is the only distance that really genuinely intimidates me, and I think I I. Uh, need to work out a way to fight back because it does it does it gets under my skin it's like yeah. the trash talk before a boxing match marathon beats me every time before <laughs> i've even got on the start line yeah um but if, if you say that calculation and look at it from my um like race uh my half time is 121 so double that that's 242 add nine minutes so that's two 251 I'm go. I'm aiming for two fifty five, so it's about yeah. around the right sort of area. So you should be hitting three thirty, no problem in Valencia. Well, I hope so because, like I've said a couple of times on these episodes, I've started doing strength and conditioning, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that the strength and uh, by the way, at the moment I've got mega doms. The doms <laughs> today have been ridiculous. In my hamstrings, because I did a kettlebell um, session yesterday. Or no, not even that. Forty-eight hours ago. But that's that's when for, that's when DOMS really get you, isn't it? Two days later. Yeah. And um, it's uh, I I just really hope that this strength and conditioning stuff I've been doing really starts to really help me out. And I know it will, but I really just hope to get the proof in the pudding. If you know what I mean. I just yeah. really hope that it does. It, it it will help big time. It it just, really will. I, I just hope it could be the difference between a a good marathon. I want to finish mm -hmm. strong as well. And th th I mean, I I I don't know if you remember what I was like after Manchester, but and it, like if any, I apologise in advance now because everyone might think of me as Mister Nice Guy and Happy Smiley after a marathon. I um <laughs> I am just like. I'm just like that scene, like like Leonardo DiCaprio in that scene, you know, when he's driving from the country club to try and get back home, when he's falling out of his car, when he's like taking all those drugs. Basically, that's how I felt. I felt like incoherent. At Chester and York, I was vomiting on the side of the road on the way home. I was just a shadow of my former self. So I apologise in advance if anyone says like your channel, mate, and I'm sick of them. So. I apologise in advance. I do, I do remember after Manchester, I, I met you at the finish and uh, we we went round to like the uh, 
to where we got our bags and everything. And I was like, yeah. do you want to get a photo of your time? And you were like, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a queue. We'll just, we'll just have a sit down first. And I was like, okay, cool. So we sat down and you went, I'm just going to have some of my cookies and my Coke. And you had about a sip of your Coke and a bite of a cookie and went, I'm not really, no, no, not enjoying this. And I went, do you want to go and get your photo? And you went, do you mind if we don't? I'm not, I'm not, not feeling great. And I was like, that's perfectly fine, mate. And whatever you want to do. And you were like, I just want to go home. <laughs> I remember we were walking to the metro and I was trying to get an Uber. <laughs> 80,000 people on the streets of Manchester. And I was like, I need a Brett, I need an Uber. I can't get the Metro. I can't even spell Metro. I need an Uber. I need and to I, get in a car. I was just trying to strike up conversation constantly and you were going, I'm really sorry. I'm not very talkative at the moment. Yeah, I'm not being very good company here. So, yeah, <laughs> we can laugh now. But at the time, I was wrecked. Marathons, though, I, I, I don't know if that, I mean... Uh, it could be a plethora of reasons why I was like I was, but I, they just ruin me. They absolutely destroy me. Yeah. And it seems to be the adrenaline just leaves my body within a few minutes of me crossing that line. And then I just don't want to party anymore. Have you ever been at a party or, uh, you know, when, you know, when you're in your more wilder days and all of a sudden you just want to go home, you've had yeah. enough. I, and you realize that home is a very long way away. And yeah, the, the, yeah, like all your friends are having a great time. And they're like, come on, have one more. And you're like, no, I've, I just want to go home. I've had enough now. That's exactly how I feel after a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, I, I think I was just on a massive high from hitting that target that I wanted because I've had terrible moments after marathons. I remember one uh one year at london it was really hot and i'm sure i got sunstroke whilst i was running the marathon and i finished the marathon managed to get into horse guards parade where we were meeting the charity i run for and i ended up sitting against a fence curled up into a ball with my head between my legs and sat there for an hour just oh. feeling like absolute crap not even not i didn't move an inch i couldn't take on water couldn't take on food just yeah curled up into a ball and just stayed there until I had the ability to move. My my biggest problem, uh, and to some degree, everyone will probably know how this feels if they've been like absolutely smashed, like out of their head on like, you know, too much to drink. But my biggest problem is I don't ever want to be sick. A oh, bit like my, oh, no. a, a bit like my, yeah. And, and uh, if I can avoid it, I will. Yes. Same so, here. So I would like you, I would sit with my head in my hands for an hour, a week, a year, however long it takes, as long as it avoids me having to be sick. And and you know how much better you feel when you're sick, because you, you feel so much better, don't you? But try telling oh, yourself I, that. Oh, I hate being sick. sick. I hate yeah, being yeah. sick. It's disgusting. The, just the and feeling of being sick is horrendous. I know, yes, you yeah. probably do feel better afterwards, but yeah, I'll do anything <laughs> not to be sick. And that's how I was feeling. Gradually got worse after Manchester. On the Metro, I must have looked like, I must have looked like, I must have looked like a, some sort of like meth head or something. I must have looked like an <laughs> addict on the way, because I was literally at my hood 
over my head, like trying to have sunglasses on, trying to like not like get rid of any daylight. And I was just sat and I was like basically shivering. And I was just like, don't be sick. Don't be sick. Don't swallow too many times because that means you're going to be sick. Okay, we're going to swallow one more time. We're going to say, oh, God, I'm going to be sick. Gonna be sick. And then all of a sudden it's my stop. And then I made it. And then I saw Laura. We got in the car. And then I think I was sick on the way home. <laughs> but, yeah, it's sure? the worst feeling, isn't it? Are you sure the hood and glasses weren't so nobody would call up and go, really like your channel, mate, whilst you, <laughs> whilst you were feeling like that? Really like your channel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I was incognito. Brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, so that's one of those things, isn't it? You're, um, you finish a, a big marathon and, you know, sometimes you're not in the mood if everyone no. wants to, like, people want to come and chat to you and it's it, some sometimes it's like if the race didn't go well for you you could be literally in a mood yeah and um you might be like oh, i just don't want to talk to anyone i've completely messed that up and it's my own fault and i've got no one else to blame i'm just in a mood i want to go home so yeah i apologize in advance if i ever come across very rude uh, i'm not a rude person it's just that i have either I'm either feeling sick or I've messed up my race. It's one of those two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'll be smiling. I'm either feeling sick or I've done a massive positive split. Basically. <laughs> basically sums up my running life. Anything else and I'll be smiling like this. So, yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's basically summing me up in a couple of words, in a couple of uh, the way you just said it. So, I was yeah. going to say as well, because... Um, we could oh, just oh, make go on. You go. You go. You go. So, you no, like you're it just just popped into my head. Like feeling sick isn't the only problem after a marathon as well. I remember, like the first couple of marathons I did, because I didn't understand nutrition at all. I basically, um, instead of using the water on the course, I had um, like um, London Marathon sponsored by Lucasaid, so they have oh. water stops, but they also have Lucasaid Sport stops. Yeah. So I ignored all the water stations and just took on Lucasade Sport because I was like, oh, it's energy. It's going to help had you. And, and had you trained the last six months with it, four months I'd, with it? I trained with Lucasade Sport, yes. Oh, okay. Not not the volume of Lucasade Sport that I took on during the marathon. Along not 14 with, points. Yeah. Along <laughs> with um, all of the energy jellies I was taking. And I basically oh. just made a, a massive concoction in my stomach, which was completely empty before the race and then just filled it with lucasade and energy jellies and shook it up like a uh, like a bartender making a cocktail for yeah. 20, 26.2 miles oh. and then um yeah the the yeah at the end it was uh, let's get to that portaloo as quickly as possible because uh, yeah. this isn't going to end well if i don't yeah yeah um well, I think we can all we kind of all sympathise and relate to that because I think we all know how that feels when you've uh, got some let's just say tummy troubles. Yeah, definitely. So uh, um, the the last thing I was going to say on my little itinerary, I'm going to have to have a tactical cough. Hang on, <coughs> was plateauing. So okay. I feel lately, and I guess this is a realization of a runner who's kind of it's gone from. Oh, this is quite fun. Yeah, we'll go out for a run too. Okay, I'm getting quite serious about this now. 
is I'm starting to notice how difficult it is to get anywhere near, let alone get PBs. So it's kind of taken me four years to get to this point where I could, you know, especially parkrun, I could quite, you know, I wouldn't say easily, but I could do a parkrun and then, oh, it's got a PB there. And I wasn't even going for one. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going for them and I'm not getting anywhere near them. So it's it's a strange place to find yourself and it's a bit of a, a wake-up call. And But again, I'm quite glad that I'm realising I'm having these realisations because I think it will make me a better runner. It will make me slightly, you know, like I'm doing speed sessions and pyramids and, you know, progression sessions and stuff. I'm not just running at one pace. I'm starting to realise these things. So I'm starting to change the way I train slightly. But I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Does the plateau yeah. does it constantly move or does it... Well, so, well I, progress is never linear, is it? That's what they no. say. And, and and the thing is, running's hard. It's not easy. Um, mm. And when you are running a bit slower, when you first get into running, you are jogging most of the time. So when you go down to park run, you run a bit faster than you jog. And you go, oh, yeah. I've got a PB. And the next time you go down, you run a bit faster than you've been jogging again. And you get another PB. And that happens quite a lot. But then when you start to take it seriously and you're pushing yourself, that's when you are talking about those fine lines and it gets harder and harder to hit those those targets and those PBs that you've uh, started to accrue. Because, I I mean, last year I I hit a couple of PBs, but I I didn't take much off them. And my half marathon, I didn't even... I didn't even. That's a terrible way to put it. But I didn't PB. Um, yeah. But I, I knew that there was no way I was going to PB in every distance. I mean, I yeah. set myself targets in every distance, but there's no way I was going to PB in every t- distance. So the fact I did PB in some of them was fantastic. And I'll take yeah. the the losses on the ones that I didn't. Um, yeah. Because you can't always get, yeah, everything every time. And you're not always going to improve year on year exactly how you want to and exactly how you did the previous year. Do you find that your focus changes on different distances as well? So you can you can keep going for this half marathon distance and you keep you keep coming up short, but you absolutely obliterate, let's just say, your marathon PB mm-hmm. or... Uh, you know, so, you know, you say you don't always get the 5K, 10K, half marathon PBs that, you know, let's face it, a lot of us want to get every every year or every few months or whatever, six months or whatever. Do you ever find that, oh, I've just, I'm, I'm feeling really good at a certain distance today, rather than everything seems to be moving in the same direction? Yeah. Some some distances become yeah. but, easier. And, and, and the thing is, training for different distances is very different training for a 5k is very different to training for a marathon and very different to training for a half marathon so do you think say Jakob Ingebrigtsen could run a marathon he could run a marathon but he wouldn't be one of the top he, he yeah I, I think he he wouldn't be anywhere close to the the best runner best marathon runners because so would 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 his volume be similar to yours? Would it be 60, 70 mile a week at a 5K? Because what's his event? 5K, 3,000? Well, th- this is the thing. This is the thing with Jakob. I find it very interesting. And the fact he has a lot of back and forth with um, with people, especially um, 
uh, oh man, Josh Kerr. Um, his, his interaction with Josh Kerr recently is very interesting. I love Josh Kerr. I think he's a he's a great runner and he's great for the sport because he's a really big personality. Um, this is the guy and, that did him on the, in the final straight at the World so Champs. He, he's it? the Scottish guy, the the British athlete who won the World Championship um, fifteen hundred meters and Brilliant beat Jakob. It yeah. was fantastic, and he basically did it exactly the same way as Jake Whiteman did the year before, which was made it even better. But yeah. Jakob always goes on. Where 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 was I? I've, I've completely lost my. Uh, Thing, he had yeah. a back and back and forth with Je with uh, Josh Kerr. Yeah. What 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 were we saying before that? Uh, that people. Oh, what what is his what is or... yeah? What is his event? And Jakob is desperate to be a fifteen hundred meter runner. Runner. That's yeah. what he wants to be. But he's amazing at the five hundred meter five five hundred five thousand meters. So he's yeah. amazing at the 5K. He can <clears throat> he can beat anyone at 5K, but he doesn't want to be a 5K runner. That just because of his training style, he's good at the 5K. He wants to be a 1500 meter runner, and he's been right. beaten twice, two years in a row at the World Championships. And he's very salty about it. And he will yeah. and he says really snide comments about things, and he says how. Nine times out of ten, I'd beat Josh Kerr in a 1500 meters, and he possibly would. Nine out, nine times out of ten, beat Josh Kerr in a 1500 meters. But on the day it counted, on the race mm -hmm. it counted, Josh Kerr beat him, and he's world champion. Jakob was ill that him. day, though, wasn't he? Uh, come on, what a what a, <laughs> what a poor excuse to, to bring he, excuses didn't... out like that. Didn't he say he, he had a bit of a sniffle? So he, he yeah, uh... he was he was so ill. He came out the next day and won the five thousand meters. Yeah, really. Yeah. Ill. So yeah, yeah it, it it's just excuses and excuses. <coughs> it's like Josh Kerr just broke the indoor world record for the two mile. Um, he did it in just over eight minutes. It was like eight minutes zero point five seconds. And yeah. uh, Jakob's response to that was. Well, I could have beat Josh in that race with a blindfold on. <laughs> and okay, yes, Jakob Ingebrigtsen last year at the Diamond League ran seven forty-five. No, so, sorry, seven seven fifty-five for two mile. So he was like mm. five six seconds faster than Josh Kerr's just run, but it was outdoor and on a different type of course because indoor tracks are only 200 meters. So it's much tighter. You're constantly turning rather than um, yeah. an outdoor track where it's got a longer straight. Um, so yes, he did run faster than him, but it was on a different type of course. And he's just being really salty because when he broke the world record and ran that two miles, he was saying how he was the best in the world and no one's better than him. And then someone else comes out and does a, um, well, one of his rivals comes out and does a world record and he's like, yeah, I could have beat him with a blindfold on. It's He's an interesting guy, Jakob. He's such a talented runner and there's no doubt he will go down as one of the greatest, but he needs to be a bit more um, humble, in my opinion. He's a bit yeah. too salty when things don't go his way. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the best is yet to come from him or do you think he's at his pomp? He's in his sort of his peak. Oh no, I I think he's still got loads to come. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's a good he's a good athlete, isn't he, to be fair? Yeah. But but he's he's been out injured, so he's not doing um any I don't think he's doing any races properly now until the Olympics. Yeah. Which will be good, which actually leads us on nicely to something that we wanted to talk about, wasn't it? Yes. So the Olympics in um, in Paris, the one race that we were all mega, mega excited for was the head-to-head marathon of yeah. Kipchoge and Kelvin Kiptum. So I'm sure you guys have heard the news that earlier this week, Kelvin Kiptum died along with his coach in Kenya, which is terribly terribly sad and we I, well I've just done a little bit of um you know just to scratch the surface a bit of research on him and he hasn't been around a long time he's burst onto the scene hasn't he he's mm-hmm. literally um raced three three marathons yeah he's won them all and all three of those marath- marathons are in the top six marathon times ever yeah, yeah. So here we go. I just want to read a couple of things here. Kipton ran the first, the fastest ever marathon debut at the 2022 Valencia Marathon, becoming only the third man in history to break two hours and two minutes and setting the then fourth quickest time ever. He followed it up four months later with the second fastest marathon in history in London at 2.01.25 seconds, 16 seconds outside the world record. And I've never raced London, but I'm sure, Brett, you'll agree. That's pretty mental, isn't it, to get near uh, a world record at London? It's incredible. It's it's not the type of course that you would be able to, yeah, get world records and stuff. So, yeah, it's it, incredible. And the speed he ran past me uh, when I was down there watching last year. Oh, God, I forgot um, you saw him in person. Yeah, he, he was oh, absolutely wow. flying. Oh, that's in- that's incredible! It says in its ne- in his next race, we all know what happened in twenty twenty three Chicago Marathon. Six months later, I mean, this is in such a short time period as well. The twenty twenty three Chicago Marathon. Six months later, in October twenty three, he broke the world record by thirty four seconds. I mean, that's not even close, is it? That's a with a time of two hours and thirty five seconds. A mark ratified on the sixth of February twenty twenty four. Five days before his death. So, yeah, very, very sad. Because yeah, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a massive loss for the running community and running just full stop. Yeah, he um, was a it was a massive talent that I don't think we'd even seen the tip of the iceberg yet of what he was going to be capable of. I think yeah. we all, everybody who was watching his career. I think we all knew that at some point he would break two hours. Just when would that be? And unfortunately, we'll never get to know whether he could break two hours. But the most, yeah, the, the thing that I was looking forward to most was the the showdown with yeah. the go- the goat. That would have been one hell of a race. And and it's I mean it said here that it wasn't around. Well, it doesn't say this here, but he wasn't around for a long time, but he's really made his mark with those races. And not only that, but his approach to training, because this is borderline superhuman, really. He was running, he's logging between, 
on the lead up to London, let alone what he was running in Chicago, 250 to 280k a week, which is 155 to 173 miles per week. And and that, that is that volume that none of us have ever seen before in training. Like that's pretty yeah. rare, isn't it? That's yeah, it's mental. That's that's ridiculous amounts. It, it, it's um, it, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the answer because it's maybe a, a fast track to injury. But his body obviously could cope with it. I mean, he's a young lad. He's twenty four. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, he's um, he was married, had two kids. But yeah, he was twenty four just recently. Celebrate his 24th birthday. So, yeah, incredibly, incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, I was going to say, so we don't finish on a uh, on a down note, and it's probably a little bit inappropriate to, to, to say it's time for Brett's end of the podcast quiz. I'll try and say that in a, a less, um, slightly less insensitive way uh, because of what we've just been dealing with. So we've got five questions as usual, Brett. These are general knowledge. Excellent. But but there's a connection. Can you find the connection? So this time, I'm not going to tell you, like a quiz in a pub, I'm not going to tell you if you've got the answer right. Oh, okay. So I will give you approximately 10 seconds each time to write down your answers. Question one. In Coronation Street... Oh, come on. What is the name of the pub? Oh, okay. I know that. Yeah. Only because I saw it probably twenty years ago. Go on. You you can speculate on what you think the answer is. So it's the Rovers' return. Okay. Well, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Question. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. tell you whether you've got the answer right. <laughs> oh, that's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Everyone knows that's correct. Question number two. In 1664, New York City came under English rule, but what was it previously named? Uh, York. Old York. <laughs> Old York. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I will I'll let you have a little think about that. I'll give you a clue. It was a, th it's very themed because it was originally by european settlers so it was called some an, a place that is in europe but then the english came we do what we do best we took over we kicked <laughs> everyone out and we renamed it to new york so what was it what was it called god knows any ideas no okay question three inside in Inside Out was the debut album for which indie band in 2006? Inside In, Inside Out. Um... <laughs> indie band. Yep. I mean, 2006. Yep. Well, I'll leave you to think about that one. Question yeah. four. A little bit of a controversial one here. 
Um, I've had to get all these questions. By the way, it's so hard to look for questions when you know the answers first. <laughs> and you have to look for trivia related. So this is literally the only one I can find. We're, I mean, what, I mean, this is we, we need jeopardy instead, then, don't we? Where we yeah, the answer is a question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's the question? So, what ro- what royal title does Prince Andrew hold? It's not a comedy answer. Prince Andrew. He's been removed of his royal duties or relieved of his royal duties, but yes, he still yeah. holds a royal title. Uh, oh, yes. Um, is it? Go on, you can speculate because, no, like, you can you can say what you think it might I'm, be. I'm trying try, trying to think because. Uh, his ex-wife is Fergie, isn't it? Who Correct. is Duchess of York? So that would make him Duke of York. No. Oh, um, I'll tell you after. Oh, okay. Who had Question. ten thousand men marched them up to the top of the hill and marched them down again? When they're up, they're up. Okay. And when they Where were down, would... they were down. And when they're only halfway up, they were neither. Up nor down. Question number five. Where would you be from if you were known as a Cestrian? Is that spelt with an S or a C? C C-E-S-T-R-I-A-N. So question one. In Coronation Street, what is the name of the pub? Rover's Return. That is correct. That is correct. Um, question two. In 1664, New York City came under English rule, but what was it previously named? Have you ever seen Gangs of New York with Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo? I have. I have, yes. Do you remember a scene when uh, Leonardo first meets Bill the Butcher in a bar? Mm-hmm. And he says, he says, what's your name, son? And he tells him his name is Amsterdam because he doesn't want to tell his he doesn't want to tell him his real name. Yeah, and he says, okay. and he says, "I'm New York." That's what he says, as if to say, "I'm the new kid around here." So the answer is New Amsterdam. Ah, okay. Yeah. So it used to be called New Amsterdam. Question um, three: What, what I what, remember from that film as well is it was the first time I saw Elliot as an adult. I can't believe that's him, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got the, the weird sort of infatuation with Cameron Diaz, isn't he? Is, it, is, yeah. it, is that the actor? Yeah, I think I know so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside In, Inside Out was the debut album for which indie band in 2006? It's, I think the mid-noughties wasn't actually a bad year, a bad couple of years for indie music. So you could have... You know. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I wasn't a big indie fan. All um, oh, right. So I'm... I'm Trying, trying to think who it could have been. Um, uh, Their songs included She Moves in Her Own Way and Naive. Oh, the, the Kooks. Correct. It's the Kooks. Question four. What royal title does Prince Andrew hold? Duke of York. That is correct. Yes. And question five. Where would you be from if you were known as a Cestrian? Um, 
And tra- looking at your answers, have you got some sort of connection yet? Mate, one hour 39. <laughs> one hour 38 we're at. I just see the clock. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry that you've had to do an extra 10K to listen to, to us on your uh, on your long run. But we, uh, we're grateful. We're very grateful. Maybe you've got the connection already if you're listening to this. Shall I give you a clue? The connection is geographical. No, I haven't got this at all. Do you know where Coronation Street is based? Uh, What city? Is it up in... Manchester? No. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yes. Question two. The answer was New Amsterdam. Uh, they're all places that have um, marathons. Specifically, the kooks are from which city? Uh, oh, uh, where did you do your marathon at the end of last year? They're all marathons you've done, and it's Manchester, Amsterdam. York, uh, Valencia. No, the Valencia, yeah. As in the Cestrian one. No, Cestrian is, think oh. about it, and you get process of elimination. Because if you get the Kooks one, you'll know that they are from the s- southern England city by the sea. Their football team are oh, called Brighton. The Seagulls. They're from, Bro- they're from Brighton. That's which very means, good, yes. Which means Cestrians are from... And what was the other one you did? Uh, it is the one... That is at the end of the year where it's got a big uphill towards the end. And it is. Oh, come on, Brett. The infamous mile 25 marker sits at the top of the hill. Allegedly, you are illegally allowed to shoot a Welshman after midnight on a Sunday (laughs) in this city Um, because of the ancient laws. Oh, man, come on, why can I not think of it? I've known loads of people who have run this one. Apparently Uh, it's got the biggest Roman amphitheatre in the country. Its history is, like, vast. Goes back a long, long way. Oh, come on, put me out of my misery. I can't remember. Give me the first letter. C. It sounds like, you know, you can see where they've got the word Cestrian from. No, it's gone. Go on, Come put on. me out of misery. Starts on a race course. The town of Hollyoaks. It's the second syllable in the marathon that you're doing. <laughs> or the second and third <laughs> syllable in the marathon you're doing in April. Have you got it? Chester. There he is. He's Yay. got it. There we go. That's if so, that took uh, that long. I just had a proper brain fart then. Man. Was, yeah, I mean that was quite tough. That was that wasn't that wasn't easy. Uh, we've set a new record. Yes, we have. <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry. That, that's <laughs> mad, isn't it? One forty-two. Yeah, just light the touch. Uh, Light the touch paper and let us go. Yeah. 
I can't believe that some people will have like done their Sunday long run within this time that they've like listened to their. I know, like... but they'll have to take us out for two long runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, thank you very much, everybody, so much for listening. I've really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it's been, it's been good, good. It's been good. Um, yes, thank you so much to everybody that is still listening right now. Uh, thank you to everyone who has tuned in each week. Um, the amount of views on YouTube and listens on all the podcast apps is, yeah, it's phenomenal. We really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, having uh, us chattering down your ears for an hour and 40 minutes or just over an hour and 40 minutes uh, today is uh, going to be interesting to see how many of you listen all the way through and uh, manage to get to the end. But yeah, we I've really do I've, appreciate it. I've, I've literally written Calvin Kipton, Plateau, Borton on the Water, Cleaning Shoes, and then end of the podcast quiz. I'm looking at thinking we could probably do 45 minutes today, maybe 50. Yeah. We could probably get inside an hour. Here we yeah. are, 143, still going. <laughs> stinker <laughs> anyway it, it took you it, about two hours it took you about an hour to get chester and on well that that's why it's so long we, we were going to be on an hour but, but at I least at least you chester. know what a, at least you know what a cestrian is now exactly yeah yeah very Someone good from Valencia. Um, so is uh, which one of your marathons is missing from that no that's it that's the five i've done have you, have you only ever done five yeah you sure? Yeah, my next one. My next one is my six. Newport's my six. Oh, okay. No, right. no. So it's um, yeah. I've only done each one of those once, and then I've got yeah. uh, Newport and lucky number seven. Newport, uh, Newport, Valencia in December. Yes. Yeah. When you break that three thirty. <sighs> well, well, yeah. We'll have a chat yeah. in uh, on November the thirtieth about it. Yeah, and on that note, um, knowing that Andy is going to break 3.30 in Valencia, we shall call it um, there and say thank you very much and uh, we'll uh, yeah, see you next week. Yeah, it's been fun. See you soon, guys. Cheers, guys.